No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we'll examine the reason why God revealed himself to the children of Israel and the basis for their obedience to him. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Deuteronomy chapter 4 on Simply the Bible. Before the children of Israel would cross the Jordan and begin conquering the promised land, Moses gave them a history lesson of what had transpired over the last 40 years since they left Egypt. He also warned them against committing the sin of idolatry. They were to remember that they were a chosen people and that their God was altogether different from the pagan gods. We pick it up in Deuteronomy 4.32. For ask now concerning the days that are past, which were before you, since the day that God created man on the earth, and ask from one end of heaven to the other whether any great thing like this has happened or anything like it has been heard. Did any people ever hear the voice of God speaking out of the midst of the fire as you have heard and live? Or did God ever try to go and take for himself a nation from the midst of another nation by trials, by signs, by wonders, by war? by a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, and by great terrors, according to all that the Lord your God did for you in Egypt before your eyes? The easiest thing in the world is to take good things for granted. We become used to most anything and then no longer appreciate what we have. Often, it's not until we lose it or fear losing it that we fully appreciate what we had all along. The children of Israel were uniquely privileged. God chose them from all the nations on the earth. They were a nation within a nation when God separated them from Egypt. Moreover, they heard the voice of God speaking from Mount Sinai, the Ten Commandments. What God of the other nations ever did that? Verse 35. To you it was shown that you might know that the Lord himself is God. There is none other besides him. Out of heaven, he let you hear his voice, that he might instruct you on earth. He showed you his great fire, and you heard his words out of the midst of the fire. By his mighty hand and outstretched arm, the Lord proved to the children of Israel that he is God and that there is no one besides him. He is the only true and living God. None of the so-called gods of the pagans ever spoke, but they heard the Lord speak on Mount Sinai in an audible voice. They saw his great fire on top of the mountain. Likewise, we don't have to wonder which God to worship. The Lord himself says in Isaiah 44, 8, Is there a God besides me? Indeed, there is no other rock. I know not one. If the Lord doesn't know of any other God, that's good enough for me. He is the only true and living God. Verse 37. And because he loved your fathers, therefore he chose their descendants after them. And he brought you out of Egypt with his presence, with his mighty power, driving out from before you nations greater and mightier than you. 
to bring you in, to give you their land as an inheritance, as it is this day. Therefore, know this day and consider it in your heart that the Lord himself is God in heaven above and on earth beneath. There is no other. This is the first time in Scripture where it speaks of God loving people. Obviously, he loved people from the beginning, but this is the first time that he says so in his word. The Lord loved their fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He made promises to them that he would bless their descendants after them and give them the land of Canaan. That was why he brought the children of Israel out of Egypt and drove out the nations greater and mightier than them. That was why he was now giving them this land as an inheritance. It wasn't because of their righteousness. It was because he loved their fathers. We who have had godly parents or grandparents have a marvelous heritage. Their spirituality is a greater inheritance than material riches. I am blessed to have had parents who took me to church every Sunday. Both sets of grandparents were godly examples to me. My grandmother on my mother's side was especially dear to my heart. We called her Nana. Her faith and loving kindness were legit. During my teen years, I spent a month out of the summer with her and my grandfather in Portland, Oregon. Nana oversaw the children's ministry at their church for 40 years. Each summer, her and my grandfather directed the craft barn at their youth camp, which I would participate in. Late in life, she began to become concerned for the children in the low-income districts of North Portland. She wanted to invite them to church, but certain people in her church were concerned what kind of influence these kids would have on their good Christian kids. Rather than arguing her point, she started an afternoon Sunday school for them. The church started purchasing buses and enlisting volunteer bus drivers. Now, Sunday afternoons, after she had taught children's ministry, she would feed the bus drivers lunch, then take off her apron and prepare to teach the children in the afternoon. At one time, they were busing over 250 children to afternoon Sunday school. Now, I know she prayed for me. While other grandparents bought their grandchildren toys at Christmas, she would send me Christian books. One year she gave me Pilgrim's Progress. I didn't read it at the time, but I admired her faith because I knew she was the real deal. Now that I pastor her at church and teach the Bible on the radio, I wonder how many of the opportunities God has given to me are simply the result of my Nana's prayers. Am I receiving these blessings now because the Lord loved her? I realize that I had nothing to do with this spiritual heritage, but I have been the recipient of God's grace poured out upon her and the others in my family who loved him. Verse 40, You shall therefore keep his statutes, and his commandments, which I command you today, that it may go well with you and with your children after you, and that you may prolong your days in the land which the Lord your God has given you for all time. What was the basis for their obedience to the Lord? 
It was that God had loved their fathers and had chosen them. The Apostle John wrote in his first epistle, We love him because he first loved us. And Jesus said in John 14, 21, He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Obedience is the proof of love. And God's blessings are the result of obedience. Moses wanted the children of Israel to experience all God's blessings for them for all time. But that would only happen if they obeyed his commandments. Then Moses set apart three cities on this side of the Jordan toward the rising of the sun, that the manslayer might flee there who kills his neighbor unintentionally without having hated him in time past, and that by fleeing to one of these cities he might live. Bezer in the wilderness on the plateau for the Reubenites, Ramoth in Gilead for the Gadites, and Golan in Bashan for the Manassites. While the children of Israel were camped on the east side of the Jordan River, Moses designated the three cities of refuge that would be on that side. The purpose of the cities of refuge was to provide sanctuary for the one who unintentionally killed someone. They were cities belonging to the Levites and were scattered throughout Israel so that no matter where you lived, you didn't have to travel far to get there. There was a city in the territory of each of the three tribes on the east side of the Jordan. Now I think, how many of us have inadvertently harmed a brother or sister in Christ? We didn't intend to harm them, but we spoke a thoughtless word or failed to do what we said we would do or in some way did something that offended them. In a manner of speaking, we killed our neighbor unintentionally. It's good to know that we can find sanctuary in the Lord. He is our city of refuge. He protects us from harm. David said, you are my hiding place. Now that doesn't excuse our sin or the need to put things right with our offended brother or sister, but it does reveal God's heart toward his erring ones. And it shows us why we need to forgive one another for we have all unintentionally harmed others and need to be forgiven. Verse 44. Now, this is the law which Moses set before the children of Israel. These are the testimonies, the statutes, and the judgments which Moses spoke to the children of Israel after they came out of Egypt on this side of the Jordan in the valley opposite Beth Peor, in the land of Sihon, king of the Amorites, who dwelt at Heshbon, whom Moses and the children of Israel defeated after they came out of Egypt. And they took possession of his land, and the land of Og, king of Bashan, two kings of the Amorites, who were on this side of the Jordan, toward the rising of the sun, from Aurora, which is on the bank of the river Arnon, even to Mount Sion, that is Hermon, and all the plain on the east side of the Jordan, as far as the Sea of the Arabah, below the slopes of Pisgah. This section closes out Moses' history lesson of what had transpired over the past 40 years. Now he would rehearse the law for them, beginning with the Ten Commandments. This was a new generation who needed to be reminded of God's laws before they crossed over the river into the Promised Land. 
the remainder of Deuteronomy would be Moses' final parting words. Now we will see that when Christ was tempted by Satan three times in the wilderness, each time he quoted from Deuteronomy and from the passages we will study. It's important that we hear the word and that we know the word. The psalmist writes in Psalm 119, Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. And your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. How we need God's word to guard our way and deliver us from temptation. The story is told in the Mishnah, the collection of Jewish teaching and writings, of a certain Persian king named Artaban, who sent to the prince in Jerusalem the largest diamond known at the time. Upon receiving the gift, the prince sent back a copy of the book of Deuteronomy with a note. What you sent me requires guards to protect it. What I have sent you will guard and protect you. May we give ourselves to hearing the word and doing what it says so that through it, God may protect us in all our ways. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Next week, we'll see where Moses revisits the Ten Commandments for a new generation. It's a new experience of the old way. We hope you'll join us as we continue through the book of Deuteronomy on Simply the Bible.